The 2014 MLS All-Star Game in Portland has come to a close with the All-Stars defeating the world, Bayern Munich 2-1. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivan Skolarsap. What's up, dude? Nothing much, Garrett. It's uh, We're here in Portland wrapping up what was an amazing week, and uh, it was capped off by a great game yep. on Wednesday night. We had great goals, good action. We had drama, and uh, we had what now has turned out to be Landon Donovan's Farewell from the All-Star game. Yeah, kind of fitting. He scores the goal, goes out on that high note, you know, plays 20 minutes. I mean, Landon Donovan, man. He just, uh, I mean, first off, lots to talk about on today's show. Before we get before we get to Landon Donovan, uh, we're going to do an SBI Q&A. We've got to talk about, actually, we have a lot of U.S. Men's National Team player news to talk about, uh, player movement, and uh, we're going to preview the Major League Soccer weekend. But as you said, going back to Landon Donovan, uh, Ivis, he, he comes off the bench. I mean, first off, a uh, very classy move by by uh, Caleb Porter to sub Donovan on to kind of give Henri that standing ovation. And Henri was awesome in the first half. I mean, I think everyone really enjoyed watching him play. But, uh, I mean, Donovan goes in there for 20 minutes, scores a goal, and, uh, I mean, just very fitting for Landon Donovan and his career to get a goal in his last All-Star game. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because at the, at the time he came into the match, everyone just looked at it as, oh, this is Terry Henry's farewell. <laughs> yes, yeah. This is Terry Henry saying goodbye, and, and I think the fans in attendance gave him that applause believing that, and it totally felt like that moment. It felt like, this is goodbye for Henry in his own way. But it turned out it was actually Landon Donovan who was saying goodbye, and I thought it was kind of funny that when Landon Donovan came on, he came on to some booze. You know, obviously the Timbers fans, Donovan's a LA Galaxy player, Western Conference rivalry, so there were some boos aimed at him. And then 20 minutes later, after he scores the winning goal and he comes off, the the, the, the ovation is there, mm-hmm. the applause is there, the respect is there. As people, you know, I think he reminded people just how good he can be, just what he brings to the table. And uh, you know, at the time, we didn't know that he was planning to announce that you know his retirement a day later. And you know, I had a chance to talk to him after the match, and um, I thought it was interesting this week. You know, this is his fourth, fourteenth straight MLS All Star game, and I've come to so many of these, and he's always been one of the centerpiece players, right? He's always been at the press conference, he, uh, you know, getting the most attention. This year, it's been different. This year, uh, Donovan kind of played the background. He was kind of, you know, he wasn't a part of the big press conference. He, you didn't see him that much, and I asked him about that. I said, you know, uh, did you find that a little strange? What do you think of that? And and his exact words were. Times have changed, my friend. And and at the time, the way he said it, it was like he was trying to send a message. Because I, I tell you, when he said it to me, I was looking at him like, it, 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 just that moment where it felt almost, I don't want to say, it almost felt sad. It was like turning up a page. Yeah. And, but even then, you didn't know what he was sitting on, what he was waiting on, which was a day later to announce he's retiring at the end of the 2014 season. Well, he went out and put a uh, put a letter on his Facebook page. So if you if you kind of want to see what Landon Donovan has to say about his retirement, you can go check out his Facebook page, facebook.com, Landon Donovan. Uh, but it's just kind of interesting, Ivis. I mean, to see an icon like Landon Donovan try. I mean, this this happens. I mean, guys get older, they retire. You know, we have the new crop that comes up. But I mean, Landon Donovan, that's been a staple of of the U.S. team and Major League Soccer for so long. It's just 
it, it doesn't seem surreal. It's like it's not. It doesn't seem like it's actually real till next season when the Galaxy take the field and Donovan is not going to be in the starting eleven. It really is the end of an era, and I, and like you said, players come and go, players retire, new ones emerge. But Landon Donovan is just different because he is a, 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 a once in a generation type player. And you look at him, and you can you say, is he? He could be the best player of all time for the national team. He could be the best player of all time in MLS. And it really signals the end of an era uh, because a lot of people watched him grow up. They watched him from being that young kid with the bleach, bleach blonde hair, <laughs> wearing the would, sports bra, would rip off his shirt uh, when he scored yeah, every when he, goal. Yeah, yeah, and you know that MLS All Star game where he scored the goal and and and, and mocked. And did his tribute to to uh, Brandy Chastain's ripping the shirt off. So you know you go from there to now, and everything that he's done in between the World Cups, MLS Cups, just everything that he's done. And, and and I just think, even though on some level it's not shocking that he's ready to walk away, it's still just shocking that now we are faced with the reality that it really is the end of the Landon Donovan era. Well, how fitting is this? Landon Donovan will get his 300th game against San Jose Earthquakes this weekend. Kind of, kind of strange how it all kind of worked out like this. I mean, maybe in the back of his mind, you know? No, it's just kind of interesting, though. I don't know. I think you know what? I'm sure he made this decision a while ago, but I think the way last night played out, you know, well, obviously this this actually the the press conference for this uh, was set two days earlier. So going into this All Star game, he he must have already made he already made up his mind. Um, and he's actually playing well right now. And, you know, one of the things he pointed out was that, you know, he's enjoying himself right now. He's playing well. And I think maybe he realizes this is a good way to go out this year. If I can finish strong, show that I can still play and walk out on and my, walk out on my terms. And, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people will say, oh, you know, he should stick around. He's still got a few more years left. He's even good enough to still be on the national team. So why should he retire? And I think that's what people need to realize is he's ready to go. He's done everything he there is to do, and I, I think anyone that tries to look at this and say, "Oh, he's being you know kind of forced out," uh, you know, he should still. If he was still in the national team picture, maybe he wouldn't be retiring. I don't buy that at all. I think it, in his mind, I think this all this whole thing has run its course, and we already know from a few years ago when when he first started talking about the possibility of the end of of his career and. You knew then the clock was ticking fast on him to retire because you just got that sense that he's he's kind of just ready to move on. He's ready to do the next thing, and you know he's already done everything that he need, there is to do for him. You yep. know? I mean, at his age, you know he just you know he missed out on this World Cup, so fourth World Cup, it's not happening. He's not going back to Europe because I, you know at this point in his career, it's not going to happen. And everything in MLS, he's done already. So what else is there to do? It's time now for him to move on to that next chapter that we've been expecting for so long. Uh, what I meant to say was Friday night against San Jose at home. That will be his 300 start. That, also, that game is also going to be on NBC Sports. So, I mean, we have some pretty good national coverage of Land Donovan's first game following his retirement comments. But I think uh, to, to kind of go into perspective of what you're saying about Landon Donovan, I mean, when you look at him, he's only 32 years old, Ivis, which isn't that old. But when you look at his playing career, I mean, he started playing professionally in 1999, then you add in all the youth games. I mean, he's been playing professional for 15 years. It's a very long career for some guys. Well, that's the thing. He's got a lot of miles on him, and 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 you know, there's something to be said for that. When you've played as much as he's played, you've gone through the things he's gone through. Uh, you know, it just wears on you. So you know, he might be 32, but compared to like the career that he's had up to the age of 32, is what other guys, if they're lucky, will have had by the time they're 36, 37. Exactly. 
So it's ready, and you can understand from a emo- mental standpoint, emotional standpoint, he's just ready. He's just ready, and I don't think anyone can begrudge that. And I think if anything, you, you, what you'd like to see is maybe now that we're at the end of the career, he'll get the credit he deserves from everybody. And he hasn't gotten the credit that he deserves because there's there's different segments of the, of American soccer fan base. You have fans who love him and who appreciate him and appreciate what he's done, and then you have the fans who feel like. He should have done more. He could have done more. And that with his talents, if he had pushed himself, if he had gone to Europe, who knows? Maybe he would have been able to play at a top team and, and established himself as a star, become a player that plays on a you know Barcelona, Man United, that kind of level. Uh, you know, obviously he had a cup of coffee with Bayern. That didn't really work out. So you know, you always get the sense that some fans resent him because they look at him and they think what could have been. And I tell you what, at the end, at this point of, of in things. At this point now that we're at the end of his career, it's time to let it go, folks. It's time to look at what he has done and the resume he has laid out, the track record he has put out, and give it the respect it deserves. He is one of the all-time, if not the all-time, best American player, and he deserves his credit for that. No, I agree 100%, especially when Landon Donovan would go on loan uh, to Everton. uh, When he went on loan, kind of his last two spells with Everton um, in 2010 and 2012, I mean, Donovan looked... He competed. He, I mean, he provided that spark plug for Everton, so he proved that. I find those arguments fickle, and people well, say, "Oh, you know, should have stayed." Well, what's interesting is that like, event. What's interesting is that you know some people might think, "Well, him going there, you know, should have appeased those people." But if anything, I think it might have upset people who look at that looked at that as evidence of he should have gone to Europe younger. He should have stayed in Europe. He could have been a star in Europe, and he didn't do it. And like I said, folks, it's the end of his career now. It's time to look at what he did, his body of work, and respect it and appreciate it and appreciate him for everything that he's done. Uh, Ivis, what's he do now? TV work? Oh, that's a given. I mean, he is just a natural for TV. He's not someone, he's not, look, he's not going to coach. I don't really see him being a GM or working in that capacity, but he's a natural on TV. The guy can talk. He's, you know, he's very honest. He's very intelligent. And, uh, you know, he speaks two languages. He speak, you know, he can speak English and Spanish. Uh, I, I think he's going to do well. I think you know he'll probably take some time off. Maybe he'll go back to Thailand or wherever, Cambodia, wherever it is he went. Take some time off. Uh, but when he gets back down to it, I, I, I think it's a gimme that he's going to be in the media. Uh, chances he gets the itch to come back and play, though. I don't. I don't see it. I think the itch was him coming back uh, in 2013 uh, when he came back from his sabbatical. I think that. I think at. When he had his time away, I think he looked at it and he said, you know what, I'm going to put my couple years in, I'm going to play in a World Cup, one, one, one more World Cup, and then wrap it up. And obviously the fourth World Cup didn't come off, but you know, I think he, he this this couple of years since then, you know, I think he's done enough to, to be able to walk away now and feel like mm-hmm. there's nothing left to prove. Yeah, over 100 goals scored, Major League Soccer, first player to get 50 goals, 50 assist marks. I mean, look, Lenny Donovan checks all the boxes for you know what arguably might be considered the best U.S. player uh, of all time. Uh, moving over to the All-Star game, though, Ivis. Uh, Landano, as we said, did score a really nice goal in this match. It was set up from a very, very beautiful Diego Valeri assist. Uh, but the US, but the All-Stars, man, they, they looked outstanding. I mean, they were fired up on replayed physical. You kind of see the confidence that Yedlin had in this game. Bradley Wright Phillips gets a great goal assisted from Eric Torres' header. Uh, I mean, look, it, was, it, was, it doesn't mean anything being, being Bayern Munich. It's a preseason match for them. But it was nice to see the All-Stars kind of really kind of give it to Bayern for you know the majority of the match and walk away with a victory. Okay, I, I would disagree with the giving it to them the majority of the match. I think the first half, Bayern was the better team. I thought the second half, the U.S. came, the US. MLS came out, played really well. 
and and created some great chances. I mean, I thought it was a pretty even game. There were some great saves. Nick Ramondo, obviously on the goal, people will say, oh, he, you know, he, his height obviously hurt cost him there. Look, look Robert Lewandowski. It could have been three nil Bayern at the beginning of the game. Lewandowski was looking amazing at the start. Uh, credit to MLS, they held on. They, they they weathered that storm, and then in the second half, you saw some great stuff. You saw. First half, you saw Clint Dempsey work magic. Second half, you saw Diego Valeri work magic, obviously with the assist. Bradley Wright Phillips with a golasso. Absolute, absolute beauty. Uh, so it's great to see an MLS All-Star team stand toe-to-toe. And again, folks, this isn't Bayern's full first team starting from minute one. When you look at their starting lineup for this game, for this All-Star game, you know, maybe two starters. Alaba and Lewandowski. Yeah, that's about it. Maybe Javi Martinez could uh, get, get maybe get some starts, but the rest, I mean, that's not their first team, right? I mean, it's not you know, the, you know, Muller, Robin, uh, Neuer, Schweinsteiger, all you know, Gutz, like all these guys. They you know they, they didn't have them, so you know, let's not get too crazy. But you, you know, as MLS fan, you should feel pretty good about seeing the MLS All-Stars go out, play well, put on a show, and, and show that they have quality. Oh, yeah, especially after last year's showing against Roma, where the All-Stars pretty much got rolled over. There's been a few, man, man, <laughs> the Man United game, where even the Man United game, I thought that All-Star team played well, but they missed chances. Man, you didn't miss any of their chances, but the Roma game last year, like, like you said, they completely dominated, so it was, it was a little tough to watch. Uh, the biggest thing after the game was kind of the whole Caleb Porter, Pep, Guardiola kind of argument about the, the tackle that... Uh, Alonzo had in the match in the second half in the 65th minute. Um, I've seen this before with coaches and friendlies before where, like, another coach will yell at a coach, like, that's your player and look what he's doing. So I kind of get why Pep kind of went at Caleb because he's not going to go at the player type of thing, though. But, I mean, I, Caleb's not responsible for Alonzo doing the tackle right there, but it was kind of interesting to see Pep and Caleb, though, in a friendly eye. It was kind of, I mean, it's funny to see Caleb put his hands up and then Pep walk over and point his finger. Well, it was, it was funny because, uh, you know, maybe before that night, I don't think people were that aware of the fact that Pep Guardiola is Caleb Porter's idol. He's his coaching idol. And, you know, well, you can't really blame him. Pep Guardiola's his, his track record, his resume, even at this young stage of his career, how can you not be impressed by the things he's won, the type, the type of soccer his teams have played? And Porter has followed his career for years. And, you know, you, you, you finish the match, you want to go shake the hand of your idol, and he gives you the, oh, no, you won't shake my hand. I mean, Porter was stunned, and, 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 you know, Porter is such a confident, brash guy. You know, some would say cocky guy, but at that point, in, in the moments after that, he almost looked like a puppy dog who, who, who'd been shooed away by its owner, and, uh, you know, he was definitely stunned by that, taken aback by that. But I think, you know, when, when he, you know, he had some time to think about it, I think uh, Porter, after the game, he even said, you know, he, he understands, he can understand why Guardiola was upset, and he's been in that position, so... I don't think there were any hard feelings there. You know, Porter told me that last night that you know he should that he and Pep did shake hands in the locker room. So I think it got squashed, but it was a little. I know a lot of people were ripping on Guardiola and saying, "Oh, that's classless and this and that." And you know, you can you can say that, but you know what? He's a competitor. He's a competitor. And yeah. He, you know, not only is he going to be you know upset at, at you know a potential injury for one of his guys, but I'm sure he was not happy about the, the fact that they lost on some level. Um, so that's just the fire that, that he has, and, and, and that's what makes him a winner is, is that fire. And, and Terry Henry said it after the match. I asked him, I, I asked Henry, I said, is, is this the pet you know? And he's like, absolutely. He doesn't like to lose, and none, nobody likes to lose, but that's what makes him who he is. So 
it, it wasn't pretty to see, but you know that that's who he is. He's a, he's a, he's a passionate guy. And, and what I thought was great was at the end of the press conference, he practically begged for uh, uh, Bayern Munich to be reinvited back to the All Star game next year. He's like. Uh, you know, we would like an invitation. Uh, we'll be ready next time. Now we, now that we know what to expect, he pretty much was like, "Now that we know how you want to play, we'll be back and we'll play for real." Like he, he just that he had that attitude about it, and I thought it was hilarious that Caleb Porter, when they asked him what he thought about that, Caleb was like, "Yeah, great, that's great," because I'm not going to be the coach, so you can do what you want. You know, he still want to know against Pep Guardiola, so I thought that was pretty hilarious. Uh, I will say this though, it would not shock me if we see. Bayern Munich versus Portland Timbers next year in a friendly, and, and you know what? That, and and I, look, Guardiola will, will want to put a ten spot on the Timbers, but uh, you know what? Hopefully that happens. Adidas, you know they, they've got a lot of pull. Hopefully Adidas can pull it off and make yeah. that happen. And hopefully Pep will go with uh, you know you know uh, Mueller and, and Robin in the starting eleven versus that that hockey change in like the eighth minute. Oh, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna <laughs> they're gonna want to put a beating on. I, I did find well, that hockey change funny though because Julian Green stayed on the field accidentally, so on that corner kick, Bayern actually had twelve guys on the field, and I saw Pep wave over to Julian Green, and then no one came on the field. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. I was like, gosh, I counted. I'm like, there's 12 guys on the field. They brought on like seven guys during that switch. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. But, you know. I caught it in the corner of my eye. I was kind of like, what is going on? It is interesting. Julian Green, you know, he was one of the big storylines coming into this week. And, uh, you know, he got a great ovation when he came on as a yep. sub. He didn't do much. And, and I think people should relax and not read too much into that. Cause, you he, know, had he, he had some dangerous runs in the box. He, he, he looked, had a one shot. He looked he dangerous. One shot. I'll give he him had one that. shot that was, uh, you know, promising. But again, folks. He hadn't been training. He only started training less than a week ago. And I and if this wasn't Byron playing an American team, he wouldn't have got as many minutes as he got. So I, I'm sure he struggled with that a bit. Uh, but it's interesting to see what happens now with Julian Green because, you know, after the match, Guardiola, you know, said they, they, they need still need to sit down and decide what's best. So I think there's still that possibility of a loan for Julian. I think that'd be good for him. Uh, well, after the game, he did say that he, I mean, he wasn't 100% and, and that he's getting better every day. I mean, he did say his knee is perfect, but I mean, Julian Green even said that he's not He's not there yet. No, you could tell. He was missing a gear, uh, you know, even when he was on his full sprint. Like, he's faster than he showed last night, so I, I don't think we saw anywhere near what, what he can really do. Well, I thought his runs on the box were, were dangerous. It was, good, it, was, it was good to see Julian Green play. I mean, for a young kid, too, I mean, he handles himself like he's... An adult already. That kind of it's it's kind of it's it's funny to see these young kids. Some of these kids who are so mature past their age. Yeah, he's not getting overwhelmed by it, and I think being at Bayern helps that obviously because you know when you have to train with all these guys, these world superstars, and you have to hold your own in that environment. You got Pep Guardiola coaching you. Uh, you got to grow up. You have to be you know uh, when you at that level, you, it just makes you mature faster and. Uh, you know, obviously he's still young as a player, but I think he's growing up even faster as a, just as a person. After the game, someone did ask him if he's ever scored against Nick Romando, and he got this huge smile on his face. He's like, oh, I'm training all the time. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, man. He's, 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 a, he's got some cockiness. To, not cockiness, but he's a confident kid. He's got that swag, swagger to him, and, and he, he tries to be humble, but you know what? When you're an attacking player, when you're a young attacking player... You got to have that confidence to, to, to succeed at the highest level, and I think he has it. Um, the goals that the All Stars did score, though, Ivis Bradley Ryan Phillips gaining a goal from someone other than Henri assisting him, and what a beautiful strike from uh, Ryan Phillips. He's on fire, man. He's he's playing really well, and uh, uh, the Red Bulls are going to need him to keep that keep that level up because you know they they they've, they've had their ups and downs this year. 
Uh, you want to see how they finish it out now, but they, they're going to need him to keep that clip, that, that pace going. And right now he's on pace. He could potentially break the uh, MLS scoring record. I don't think he's going to get there. It's tougher than you realize uh, to, to get. You want to talk about 25-plus goals. Uh, you know what? He, he can get to 25, but I don't see him breaking the record, though. Well, keeping it Major League Soccer-related news, Franco Panizzo, SoccerByIvis.net, reported that the LA Galaxy were, were talking about the possibility of bringing in Sasha Kleschen. That was a few days ago. Yesterday, reports were kind of coming out that it looked like it was going to happen, but Ivis, it fell through. What kind of happened with this? I mean, I thought it would have been nice to bring over uh, Sasha to the LA Galaxy and bring him home. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was going to happen. I thought the deal was going to get done. Apparently, they couldn't finalize it before the deadline, uh, the Wednesday deadline for players to come in to MLS from outside the league. And, uh, you know, if you're the Galaxy, you wonder now what happens with the Galaxy because I can tell you what, there happens to be a midfielder who wants to play in L.A. and who, you know what, I, I don't think he, I think he'd be an unbelievable addition to the Galaxy and that player, Jermaine Jones. Jermaine Jones is not bound by the deadline because the deadline, the Wednesday deadline is for players coming in be a transfer from other leagues. Jermaine Jones is a free agent. So Jermaine Jones can be signed all the way up until the September, I believe it's the middle of September, the roster freeze date for MLS. So the Galaxy, you like to think, hey, they know Landon Donovan's leaving at the end of this year. They have to look at Jermaine Jones and ask themselves, is this a guy we want to invest in? Do we want to make him an offer? And then you know what? They can sign him and, and have him become a DP next year. Uh, maybe Jones has to take a bit of a pay cut uh, this year, but I have a feeling he'll be willing to do that because everybody knows Jermaine Jones wants to live in L.A. As we saw, we've seen now with all these pictures, him and Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen are like buddies now. He's taking pictures with Paris Hilton. Uh, he's living it up, living it up, living it up L.A. style. He loves the glam of L.A. He loves it. So Jermaine Jones kind of reminds me of like Dennis Rodman off the field. Like kind of like the whole like like you know he's kind of like you know aggressive player on the field, but off the field he's kind of like this like celebrity that hangs out with everyone. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, you know, personality wise, when you see him on the field, you think he's just this mean like animal guy, like who just wants to fight everybody. But he's actually a pretty chill guy, and uh, you know you hear from teammates on the US guys in the US team about you know what a cool guy he is how he's pretty fun he's a pretty funny guy and you know we don't get to see that but now now we've seen that a little more obviously uh with him and I'll tell you what I hope he ends up coming to MLS um as of right now it's all in it's all in limbo a bit as I reported a while back about him turning down the fire even though there's there seem to be people who think that uh he didn't turn down the fire I know the I know Frank Yallop the head coach came out and said that that Jones didn't turn down the offer. I can tell you from my sources, which I trust completely, Jermaine Jones absolutely did turn down the Chicago Fire's offer. Doesn't mean the deal's dead. Doesn't mean there's still not the possibility of him going to the Fire. But he turned down the deal from them. There were there have been, from what I understand, talks about other potential deals or tweaking of a deal. Uh, but it's all a bit in limbo, and, and you know you get the sense that Jermaine Jones was really looking for a big, a bigger payday even than the one I reported. I reported that uh, you know six million over two and a half seasons, which is a great deal, would make him one of the top ten players, highest paid players in MLS. But uh, uh, you know I, I think he he still you know he, he, for whatever reason he still thinks he, he can get more. I I know some people think that's crazy, but I think what people should understand is here's a guy who throughout his career in Europe. Has made more than that. He's made, you know, in the area of four million or, or you know, around that range. And you know, I talked to one uh, to one team uh, GM 
who told me that that's what he was looking for. He was looking for you know three to four million, uh, and no one was going to pay that. And I think the fire, you got to give the fire some credit for actually stepping up and making the best offer for Jermaine Jones. And you know what? It's up to Jermaine Jones to decide. All we've heard from him for how long is all oh, MLS? He'd like to play now. All the hints and you know the tweets and, and everything about about coming to MLS and and why not go to Chicago? You know they're they're, they're putting that commitment forward. So why not go there? Uh, having said that, if the Galaxy decide they want Jermaine Jones, then you're going to make Jermaine Jones' dream come true because I think we all know he'd rather play in L.A. Um, another move that did go down, I mean, sorry, did not go down, uh, speaking of the U.S. Women's National Team players, is uh, Mix Disgrew. There was a possibility that he would go uh, to the Columbus crew. Um, that did not happen, Ivis. Uh, Preport went out and said that uh, they tried everything they could to bring him in and and there's all these different things about the contract speculation and stuff like that. And it's unfortunate because, um, personally, I think Mix needs to get out of Norway and make a move. I think Major League Soccer is probably a little better than Norway. would have been nice to bring Mix back. And the Columbus Columbus crew could definitely use a player like Mix Disgrude in the midfield. Oh, no doubt about it. And I, in a way, I said, now look, great player. Having said that, you'd like to think the crew maybe need a goal scorer, like a true forward. I mean, they have a creative player in, in Federico Higuain. Um it doesn't mean you wouldn't take a discord if you can get one. I mean, he's still a quality player. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I you have to wonder. I know the crew were after a forward. I think it was, they were after a Greek forward. From what I understand, that deal fell through. Um, so they're going to just have to stand pat. And, and you know, they missed out on Discarude. And obviously the reports were that Discarude's father uh, got involved and asked for more money. And Discarude, he went on BigSoccer.com and, and laid out this whole... Uh, he, he basically shot down the report uh, and he you know basically saying that no his father was not involved in that way and uh, you know it's all a little messy but as we have figured out by now you know players always seem to want to step forward and, and, and blame other people and, and and you know sometimes maybe that's the case and other times maybe got you know players are just covering their ass uh, but at this point it's unfortunate that he's not coming here but if you read that the message that he put on big soccer it sounds like he wants to come to MLS. He wants to come play in America. He wants to experience that. And that's great to hear. You know, you're talking about a young player who could absolutely stay in Europe. Uh, you know, I think he's 23 or, you know, he's young. He's a young player still. Um, but I think it's good to hear that he wants to come here and experience living in America and, and, and being an American completely. Obviously, you know, he, he didn't grow up here, but he feels American. He feels completely tied in. And you love hearing that. Uh, it's unfortunate that a deal couldn't get done. Um, but who knows? I think he'll be here one day. Mix also has like the most California, like just when he talks for not going to America. Like you just assume he's like a kid from California. Yeah, he's very laid back. It's a, he's got the hair. He loves to rock the hats. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it's uh, if 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 he if MLS were able to get Jermaine Jones and Mix Disgrude into MLS, that would have been great. But it didn't happen. Hopefully, this winter, maybe you see both those guys come back. Well, folks, Ivis and I got kicked out of our hotel room, so we've had to change rooms, so we apologize for the uh, audio quality that's going to be remaining for the next 20 minutes of the show. Uh, but we have a full slate of Major League Soccer games this weekend. Ivis kicking off on Friday night. Uh, LA Galaxy are to be at home against the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, Landon Donovan, obviously, first game post-retirement. And, uh, I mean, Ivis, you know the LA fans are going to be pumped up for that one. And a uh, good opportunity for Landon Donovan to, to kick off his farewell tour with a victory. Well, first thing I'd like to point out, we were not kicked out of our hotel room. We had to check out of our hotel room. I don't want anyone thinking we had a wild party and then we got kicked out. We did have a wild party last night, though. We were, at a, we were at a good party last yeah, night. Yeah, the party last night was pretty good. The folks at Bumpy Pitch, once again, 
coming through. Great party. Uh, you missed it. You missed. You missed out. But uh, getting back to this weekend's game. Yes, Landon Donovan farewell farewell tour begins this weekend, and uh, it's pretty fitting that it's against the, the team he once played for, San Jose Earthquakes, and the Galaxy are rolling right now. They're they're climbing up the standings. They're they're making that push for first place in the West. And uh, you know what, Landon Donovan, you know he's feeling good. He's been on a roll, playing well, even before the All Star games. He's been having a good run of games. You like to think you you think you, you like to think he's going to keep it going. Uh, there's no pressure on, on, on him at this point. He's just having fun. He said it last night. He's feeling good. And San Jose, man, they're going to have their hands full. Uh, on Saturday, Philadelphia Union are going to be at home taking on Montreal Impact. Uh, I mean, look, Ivan, the Union are like your ex-girlfriend, man. They always just seem to manage to stick around like this whole entire season. Every time you think they're going to go away, they come back and they're able to pull a point out and kind of stick in that playoff hunt. And, I mean, and look, this, this weekend's game against Montreal is a huge opportunity uh, for the Philadelphia Union to, to pick up some points against a lesser opponent and continue that 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 playoff push that they're making. Well, obviously the big news for them picking up, uh, bringing back Carlos Valdez, uh, the Colombian defender. Huge news for them, and now we're going to see what kind of impact Valdez and their new goalkeeper Ryzen Boli are going to have on that playoff push for Philly. And I tell you what, man, when you look at Philly, they're three points out of a playoff spot in in what is a very tough race. Um, I really like the chances because I think they have the attacking players to make a run. Well, the attacking players to, to, to keep to get good results. It was the defense that needed to straighten up. And I think adding the goalkeeper in Emboli is an upgrade from Zach McMath. And adding Carlos Valdez, a steady and solid all-star level defender, it's going to be big. So you want to see what they can do against a struggling Montreal team. And, uh, and it should also be pointed out, Jack McInerney will be making his return to PPL Park. Yep. Uh, so there's always that, right? So maybe McInerney uh, burns his former team, even though everyone that was involved in moving him has been since fired. So I don't know if the grudge is going to be as strong, but that, that's going to be a good match to watch. And I think, you know what, the union can signal their intent with a big win this weekend. Uh, Columbus will be at home hosting uh, Toronto FC. And uh, I was Columbus over the last three games, two wins and a draw. Uh, not against, you know, Great opponents, but I mean, Columbus is picking up some points, and, and they're they're reasserting themselves in that playoff picture. Uh, Toronto ended their two game losing streak last week, uh, defeating the Montreal Impact two to zero. It's a good bounce back victory for Toronto, but I mean, let's face it. I mean, Columbus is, is going to be a little bit of a tougher challenge for Toronto. I mean, Columbus's midfield is going to be a little bit better. Federico Higuain is going to, you know, sh- have a little bit of a better showing than Montreal. I mean, nothing against Devio, but I mean, shut up Devio, shut up everyone. But, I mean, this isn't going to be an easy game for Toronto. I mean, in Toronto, they want to make the playoffs. I mean, th- this game against Columbus, this is a game that they have to win this weekend. I think you're looking at it the wrong way. Columbus is the team that has to win this game. Right now, Toronto's in third place in the East. They have two games in hand on the teams chasing them. So they're in a pretty comfortable position. They're a strong team. We know what they have, the quality that they have. Columbus, on the other hand, they're, they're on 27 points. New England is right behind them, a point back. Philly's three points back with the revamped roster. Houston, with the additions of Beasley and Luis Garrido, they're poised for a run as well. So the Columbus, I think the pressure's really on them because obviously they wanted to make some improvements this this summer and it didn't happen. They didn't come off. Mixed this group they were in talks with and apparently a deal was close and it fell apart. And obviously they were looking for a forward as well. At this moment, uh, the one pickup that they did make was was adding a U.S. Youth National Team forward, Romain Gall. You, you, you know, it's a, it's probably asking a lot for a player as young as him to come in 
and, and make a big impact. But this game is big for the crew because all of a sudden, if they lose this game, they could fall out of the playoff spot. This is a home game for them. So, you know, when you're at home, you want to be able to get your points at home. And things change really quickly. If Columbus beats Toronto, all of a sudden, Columbus is ahead of them in the standings as well. So, uh, big. I think for me, it's a big, big game for them. Toronto, if they got a draw out of this, I don't think they feel too upset. You get a point on the road. Uh, that probably helped them keep a top four spot in the East, but it's going to be a good matchup. I think it's a little bit of a, a rivalry of sorts uh, that you know we don't hear talk about much. But these two teams are going to—I think—they're going to put on a good show. Uh, Real Salt Lake is going to be home hosting DC United. Arsenal's going to want some revenge itis for that US Open Cup loss, loss last year at Rio Tinto. But the kind of the interesting thing about this one is Arsenal's going to be without Chris Winger, who has well struggled at times this year. Tony Beltran, they're both going to be missing this game. I mean, is that going to be a little bit of a tall task for RSL to kind of go without those two guys on the back line to be able to defeat DC at home? Well, being at home is a huge advantage for RSL. Obviously, you have the altitude. You have Nick Romando back. I think RSL has enough depth that they can get a result. You know, DC, as we've seen the last few weeks or the last few games for them, they've come back down to earth a bit, uh, had had some you know not-so-great results for them. So it's not going to be an easy one. It's not going to be an easy one. I think RSL, this is a good opportunity for them. And in the West, I'll tell you what, man. West is a tough one. But RSL, right now, they're on a four-match unbeaten streak. I like their chances. I like their chances to hold form against a D.C. team that they're coming off a loss against Houston, which snapped their own four-game winning streak. So it's not like D.C.'s slumping. But uh, but I don't know, man. I like RSL at home. They're a tough team to beat at home. Uh, Dallas will be hosting the Colorado Rapids. Dallas beat Colorado uh, 3-2 earlier in the season. Uh, I mean, this is an important game for both teams. Ibis has, I mean, both these teams could be the fourth or fifth spot in the Western Conference playoffs. Have Both teams have really young, exciting players. I mean, this is going to be actually a really good game to watch this weekend. I agree. I'll tell you what. Neither of these teams is a gimme for the playoffs. The way the Western Conference is looking right now, look at how many teams are... You have to say reasonable candidates. You have seven teams that are really strong contenders. San Jose, you can argue, oh, they're still alive, but not really. I mean, they really haven't. Re- they didn't do it. They didn't do anything. They, they, I know they signed the Argentine playmaker. You want to see what he, he provides for them. But when you look at the top five, pretty solid. And then you still have Vancouver and Portland right behind them. Portland, I think, is a team that I see them coming on strong. I see them getting into the top five. And if that happens, one of these other two teams is going to fall out between FC Dallas and the Rapids. <clears throat> and the Rapids. I don't think RSL is going to fall off. I think the, the Galaxy are only going to go up. So that leaves FC Dallas, Colorado, Portland, and Vancouver fighting for two spots. So huge game for Dallas and Colorado. And, and as we know, the Oscar Pereja Derby is going to be kicking off there. Obviously, we you know, you know Pereja, the former coach of Colorado last year, he left. He left uh, in, in, in a sum, under somewhat contentious circumstances to go back to, to go to Dallas. He's done a great job. Both coaches have done a great job. Mastroeni really working with the depth on his team, really developing young players. And FC Dallas even avoiding it, you know, not avoiding injuries, but overcoming injuries and really finding themselves a nice rhythm. Uh, it is. I agree with you. It's going to be a good matchup. Uh, Portland's going to be at home hosting Chivas USA. Uh, Portland, kind of nice little game to kind of come off all the All Star festivities and stuff like that. Uh, I'm sorry, no, no offense to Chivas USA. Nice for Portland that that the Portland that the opponent isn't isn't like you know, DC coming in a Sporting Kansas City or someone else. But uh, for Portland, I just I mean they need they, this is games that they have to win. They have to beat Chivas USA if they want to be a playoff team. 
Um, I thought Liam Ridgewell looked pretty good last night in the All-Star game, so, you know, getting him kind of uh, kind of going, Diego Valeri's kind of starting to heat up. So, I mean, I, I think Portland's going to start shredding up, and, and this is a good opportunity for them against Chivas on Saturday to kind of go in that direction. Exactly. Uh, if you're Portland and you're looking at the standings in the West, FC Dallas and Colorado are two teams you'd like to think you can catch. Uh, and they play each other. So if you're Portland, if you win your game, you're going to gain ground on one of those teams and maybe both of those teams. I mean, if, if, if the Rapids and FC Dallas end up tied, for example, all of a sudden, and Portland wins, then Portland is only is four points behind Dallas and one point behind the Raptors. And uh, I think <clears throat> Caleb Porter, uh, I think they did. He's, he's, he's done a good job. He and Gavin Wilkinson of, of, of some additions, obviously. Ridgewell, as you said. Fernando Adi has been great for them, obviously. So I like I like them. I like the, I like the Timbers' chances of rolling into the playoffs and really being a handful. Obviously, when you're a four or five seed, it's a tougher road because you have to go through the wild card round and all that. But for me, the Timbers, I think they're going to roll against the Bulls. Uh, Chicago Fire are going to be hosting New York Red Bulls. Uh, I'm predicting I this this to be a uh, a non-high scoring game. Just think about this: the last time these two teams played was nine goals. The game before that, two goals. The game before that one, seven goals. So just basing off this trend, I think we'll see like a one-one draw. Probably not. Just joking. But New York uh, on the road. I mean, this is a very important game for them. Chicago is kind of teetering there, kind of possibility of still maybe making that playoff push. I mean, the defense is a mess. Uh, I mean, and this is a game that Henri and Bradley Wright Phillips can really take advantage of. I mean, we saw this game early in the season in May uh, when these two teams played to nine goals, and that was just an insane game. And I really thought Chicago Fire had a kind of turning point in their season against that game in this one. Uh, when they were on the road and defeated New York 5-4. But, uh, I mean, New York on the road, I just, we, we talk about this game. It's getting on the crunch time. New York, it's not a must-win, but they got to come away with some points in this game. Right. I mean, both teams, I mean, the Fire, they're pretty far out. Um, even though in the West, in the Eastern Conference, anyone but Montreal really has a chance. I mean, the Fire, when you look at them, they are five points out of a playoff spot with a game in hand on the current fifth-place team, the Columbus Crew. So, when you look at it that way, I mean, they're not that far out. So... If they were able to beat the Red Bulls at home, you're all of a sudden putting some serious pressure on Columbus for that, that last playoff spot and even the Red Bulls. But um, the Fire's defense has been a mess. And I think when you think about the way Bradley Wright Phillips and Terry Henry are playing, uh, you like to think they're going to light those guys up. And look, we all remember the 5-4 game. Harry, Harry Ship with the hat trick. Uh, the Red Bulls' defense is really shredded. In that game, but I think the Red Bulls' defense has been a bit better since then. So you know what? I think the Red Bulls are going to get the job done. I think they're going to go on the road. Bradley Wright Phillips and Terry Henry are going to work their magic again, and I think the Red Bulls are going to get that win on the road. Uh, Vancouver at home. I just throwing a four-game, four-four match streak of draws. Uh, Sporting Kansas City is coming in as one of the hottest teams in the league. Uh, Vancouver. I mean, they need to start picking up some points here. Like turning the Portland Timbers in the last year with all these draws. Well, actually, take it back. That was Chicago earlier in the season with all their draws. Um, but Vancouver, I guess, I mean, opportunity for them at home to beat Sporting Kansas City. I mean, do they have a chance against one of the hottest teams in the league right now? They do. I mean, I think it's, we've seen the Whitecaps at home be very dangerous. You see, with all that speed in their attack, when they get on that turf up there, they can be they can be deadly. They can be deadly to, against against weak uh, defenses. But KC, as we saw this uh, on Wednesday, look, Beasler and Colin. Center back tandem, tough to deal with. Um, Sesanovich is injured, so at this point, his availability, you're not sure what's going on there. But, um, you know what? I think Vancouver could pull the upset. I think being at home, I think with the weapons they have, 
uh, as dangerous as they can be at home. I like I like the chances. I like Vancouver to pull the upset. Uh, Seattle is at home. All right, in two match loser streak here. I just Houston is one and zero since the signing of Demarcus Beasley. Uh, look, Seattle. I don't I don't think it's a slide they're on right now, but uh, I like to hope Seattle can, can weather the storm, weather the ship at home against Houston this weekend. Uh, don't be so sure. Houston, they brought back the World Cup players, Brad Davis, Bonilla Garcia, uh, and and now they've added Beasley and they've added Luis Garrido. They're a stronger team than the team that had that awful winless drought that they just broke recently. So I think this is going to be a better game than people realize. Look, Seattle's in a, they're in their own little slump right now, right? I mean, they they lost three out of four, and uh, now the question is, can they right the ship? Can they get it going? Uh, but Houston's not going to make it easy. So I think. I think Seattle wins, but I, I think it's going to be a much tougher game than maybe people realize. It better be a good game. It's, a, it's the Sunday night late game, so I mean, I don't, I don't need to go into the week with a good game, you know? There you go. Yeah. And you know what? It's uh, much like Landon Donovan starting his farewell tour. DeAndre Edlin will be starting his uh, his farewell tour as well. He's playing out the rest of this season, from what I understand. Uh, even with the deal, the transfer to Tottenham will be com- when it is completed. Part of the deal, he will finish out the season and then uh, start on his European adventure come January. Well, I guess that wraps up today's SBI show. Uh, it was good to see you again. All-Star Games, it was a pleasure to come to these things with you. The MLS Cup, now the All-Star Game. So we'll be together for the MLS Cup again. So, so it was a pleasure for us to hang out, man. We don't get to do it that often, but it's, it's kind of, it's quite nice. It was good. It was a good week. and uh, you know, It can't be said enough. If you can make it out to the MLS All-Star Week, MLS Cup Week, I think they're great weeks as a fan of the sport, as a fan of the league, to just come out and enjoy the festivities. Um, even if your team is not the host, even if your team isn't in the final, you know, come be a part of it. And and it's usually a great time. You have people from all over the league coming in, players from all over the league, uh, and then fans as well. I think you're seeing more and more fans travel to come be a part of these events, and it's just making it that it's just getting better and better. And this All-Star Week, for me, the best All-Star Week I've been a part of. No offense to anybody, Kansas City, Raised the bar to a new level when they did it last year. Now Portland's done it this year, taking it to a to a new level. And you know what? Let's see in twenty fifteen who the host is, and uh, you know hopefully they can take it to a new level. But it was great to meet a lot of SBI show listeners, a lot of SBI readers this week, and uh, and also hang out with Garrett. You know we you know we we got a chance to see him and his uh, you know his long lost uh, dad Alexi Lalas. So we had a good time. <laughs> I will say, uh, I did see the whole weekend, every every place we went to, I saw Orlando City fans, and I also saw Sacramento Republic fans, every single thing we went to. Their fans were, their fans were repping pretty hard this week. Uh, I was just, impressed. Yeah, I tell you what, the league keeps on going, and it's, it's, it's fun to see in Sacramento, all of a sudden, two years ago, no one would have said a peep about Sacramento as a possibility, and all of a sudden, here they are, uh, gaining serious momentum toward possibility of an expansion team and it's great to see but yeah this is the kind of stuff you see when you come to these events and it's been a great time Portland's great as you know I love coming here every single time I think I have more fun every time I come here so I'm looking forward to my next trip back I don't know when it'll be but I think I have to come back here at least one more time this year yeah I've had a good time in Portland man I, mean, I have not had one bad meal since I've been out here you, you can walk to everything the weather is money everyone's pretty chill it's, it's a pretty cool city you might have to move here you might have to move here it's too green for me man is it? Yeah. You come here and take care of my second family. <laughs> it freaks me out, dude. Like, when there's trees, I can't see, like, barren wasteland, like, more than 50 miles away. It freaks me out. <laughs> I'm, down, I'm, down. 
Alright, I think you need to move. No, dude, that, that's me just going over the desert. Alright, well, it's time for you to go to the big city, my man. I, I keep telling you, man. You, you need to. I'll move in with we'll you. <laughs> you can move in with Franklin. Yeah, he, he might be needed in there. But, uh, you know what? Make the move, man. No, I don't Make know. I don't, we'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll go full time. I, I don't know if my girlfriend will want me to move in with me, oh, her, me yeah. and her and Franklin. I don't know about that. I forgot about the girlfriend. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to get your own place. <laughs> All right, Ivis. Well, uh, I'll let you go. I know you need to hit up the Nike store. I need to go and take care of some things before I head home. All that fun stuff. So, uh, you have a safe flight, and uh, and I'll catch you uh, in December. Right, no, no. Well, I mean, I'm just having a <laughs> no, 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 I mean, no, no, no. single person in December. All right, but we're gonna be back on Sunday, folks. Yep. Uh, hopefully, we're getting back into the routine. Uh, thankfully, the traveling... yeah, Ivis. Ivis was horrible at post World Cup. I had numerous people tell me that this week. Numerous people were telling me that they were disappointed how MIA you were after the World Cup. I needed a break, man. You know, who, and you know who told me that? The new owner of the St. Louis USL Pro Team. He told me that. He came up to me and goes, what is Ivis' deal? He didn't say it like that. But he pretty much said that he was disappointed that we didn't have any shows. I'm starting to think you get paid per plug by USL. To no, I swear. At least I, once I, swear. A show, I swear. At least once a show, we're getting USL I Pro swear. references now. I swear. He, he came up to it. me and said, hey, 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 I don't mention Academy anymore, though. Because you don't work there anymore. Exactly. Comedian. Comedian. Yeah, I see how it works. But uh, no, it was a good time. I, no, you know what? I, don't, I know it's going to sound like complete crap to people, <laughs> but covering the World Cup is a grind. And I think any of the writers who were down there will tell you that. It's my fourth World Cup, and, and, and it just, when you go six, seven straight weeks, no days off grinding it, you need some time to unplug and it just kind of recharge your batteries. I'm I'm back. I'm ready to roll, and uh, you know we got we got we're breaking stories. We're we're back in the mix, and we'll be we'll be back on Sunday. I will agree with you on that. It was not crap because some of the writers did tell me that they hit the wall multiple times in Brazil. So that is that is I can confirm that. It is, man. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, you know, hey, listen, if it, if we were just in Brazil, laying on the beach and partying all the time, we we we'd be fine. But you know what? It's uh, unfortunately that's not what we were doing down there. Uh, I wish, I wish, but uh, no, nah, it was a great time. Still amazing, amazing. We're still talking about the World Cup. It, it's like a fraternity now, seeing seeing the guys who were, who were down there and uh, just catching up. And uh, they, at, at, at some times, even on Wednesday night, watching the, the Bayern uh, MLS All Stars game, it felt like we were flashing back to Recife when USA Germany played. But uh, no, it's a good time. Great, it's been a great summer. What can you say? Yep. It's been awesome, dude. And then the MLS Cup is going to be great. Hopefully, it's somewhere warm. <laughs> LA. Yes, Galaxy, step it up. Yeah. But, uh, either that or. Whatever other team ends up hosting. Is Seattle cold in December? Uh, it was. It was. You know, when they host, when they had, uh, when they had the final in 09, I, I don't remember it being super cold. It's, I'm, I'm sure it's probably rainy though. It's probably going to be rainy. That's yeah. that's much. So yeah, Seattle or LA. Nothing against KC. Although hey, it was freezing in KC, and we still had a good time. I mean, let's be honest. I was miserable the whole entire time. Uh, I don't know about you, but I had a great time. I was so cold. I always have a great time in KC. I mean, you don't, I don't have any warm clothes. That's the problem. That's well, why I was cool. Well, you know what? Well, before you try, if KC hosts MLS Cup again, take your. You they know, don't sell. They don't sell cold clothes in Arizona. They're, Cabela's is there. Oh, Cabela's. In there. Yeah, I think we have one of those. Well, they sell like winter stuff. Yeah, but that's like they sell like don't they sell like hunting order stuff? Order it. Order. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I need to be fashionable. I just come on. I can't just like walk in with like a bright well, orange. Why like, start? Why start now? <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, everyone at these MLS stuff dresses well, though. That, that is the one thing. Everyone. Not everyone, but like for the most part, like, everyone some some snappy people. dresses. There's some stylish people. I will, I will say that. Yeah. All right, Ives. Well, uh, I'll let you go, man. And uh, 
catch up with you. We'll, have, we'll be back on Sunday night with another show. As always, everyone, thank you for the uh, support. Thank you for the uh, listens. The guy who bought me the Cosmo, screw you. Buy that for Ivis next time. Disappointed that no one bought you a freaking Cosmo. God, I'll have to mention that. I think at this point it doesn't even matter because now that the first person bought you one, <laughs> it's kind of that whole thing is jumped sharp now. Because now if someone buys it, then for me it's kind of like whatever. You know, it's like I think I I have one. I want that's it. So I'll, you know what? If someone wants to buy me one, that's I will, the, see that's the worst part. I, I, I don't it. want you to win. I you're gonna, you're gonna hold this over my head forever. That is one of the best ones of this year for me. Was that guy <laughs> walking toward the both of us with the Cosmo and giving it to you? I that that's a highlight. That's a highlight. <laughs> I love he walked up. Hey, you're Garrett. Yeah, here's a Cosmo for you. <laughs> and then he walked away. He didn't say anything. So you know what? If you want to buy me a Cosmo, go right ahead. I will gladly drink it. But I I was the first. <sighs> Horrible. All right, Evans. Well, closing out the show. Finally, this is it. We're closing out the show. I'll talk to you later. As always, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for hanging out with Ivis and I. We saw you this past week. We appreciate all the support in the show. This is without you guys. So Ivis and I will be back again on Sunday night. This is the SBI Show.